Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome, listeners, to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode, where today I'm joined by a lady from British Columbia, a lady by the name of Ling Agaran. So, Ling, very, very warm welcome to you. Thanks, Paul. It's so great to have me here. And, yeah, you're going to be talking to us today, I believe, around, uh, and I think your chosen title, Ling, is Swapping Stuckness and Limiting Beliefs for Passion and Purpose. Right, okay. Start us off. Start us on the journey then, Ling. So I actually, my background is I've been a makeup artist for 10 years. And I had this limiting belief that makeup artists cannot generate wealth or we cannot make money from our passion. So I stayed back and played it small and working a nine-to-five job um, in a corporate world um, because I couldn't make my passion uh, as a full-time job so it stayed as a side hustle or if you if you call it I call it a a weekend side hustle because that's when I usually will be able to work on my passion so for the last 10 years I had a nine-to-five job I was working so much um, for so little and that's not because I couldn't not, that's not because I felt like I couldn't make my passion. It's just because of my own limiting beliefs and society where we couldn't make money from our passion. So I took someone else's limiting beliefs or society's limiting beliefs and made it my own. And that limited me from that limited me for, from going after my dreams. And it limited me from being... I, I felt like I wasn't... Um, I felt like I wasn't stepping into my greatness, but I knew deep down that I could I could do more. But I didn't because I was too scared or I had the fear of failing. Um, so I stayed here um, and then I would just work on my passion on the weekend. And then two years ago, not even two years ago, a year and a half ago, I decided that I had enough and I was gonna go and chase my passion. I gave myself uh, a year and said, I'm gonna go after it, see what happens. Now, I would never recommend um, the artists quitting their full-time job. It was just something that I felt, it was almost like a struggle the last two years into my nine-to-five job. I felt like I was struggling to to be happy, that I, I almost felt guilty that why am I not happy to this nine-to-five job? And this is a good, secure job, but yet, I wasn't completely happy and I felt like deep down I wasn't I wasn't reaching my full potential and um, it got to a point where I couldn't I, I couldn't be myself anymore um, so I decided that I was gonna leave um, and I knew that I had it was a risk it was a risk but it was a calculated risk for me 
And I knew that I, I, I didn't know, I had no plan. I had no any, I didn't have any business plan. Um, I just knew that I needed to find something um, and go after it. And so I, that saying, you know, forget the how and just allow is exactly what I've done. I took the leap of faith and said to myself that I'm going to go chase after my dream. And if it didn't work out, there is really not much, I, what's the worst that could happen? And I just kept asking myself until I got to a point where, okay, if you left your nine to five job, what could happen? And then I just keep asking, so what? And then what? And then what? You know? And then, okay, so I didn't have a job. Okay. So then if it didn't work, I could always get another job. Then what? Then I could keep doing what I'm doing, but at least I got out of that and followed my dreams. And I felt like I was still young and I needed to do this in order for me to not regret anything in the future. So that's kind of what I did. I left, I followed my dream. And then a year and eight months later, I have built a personal premium brand as an international makeup artist. I had clients flying me to Bali, Spain, Netherlands, Belgium to um, help them with their branding or their destination wedding. And I started with that. I specialized with a destination wedding. When I left, all I knew was I wanted to be an international makeup artist. And I wanted to create something for myself um, that I could be proud of. Um, and so that's exactly what I've done. And next thing I know, I literally was, I, I made a, a conscious effort every single time that I would go and do this job that I would network with people um, and then position myself. And I studied how to be a makeup artist. Even though I had the skills to be a makeup artist, I didn't know how to position myself in that industry. So what I did is I would get up every single morning after I've left my job, um, I would get up every single morning and take inspired, determined action to be that person, to be a makeup artist. What, it, what, it, what is it to be a makeup artist? What do I need to do to get to my goal as a makeup artist, as an international makeup artist? And every single day, that's exactly what I've done. Um, studied that person, became that person until I was that person. Until I that person, and um, and I've worked with world-renowned bridal designers, you know, and I literally have pushed my boundaries to the limit and stretched myself. Um, yeah, and then next thing I know, I was writing a book, and that's another story. But I ended up writing my own autobiography, and then now I'm in a position to coach and mentor other beauty artists to be um to do exactly what i've done in my business so they too can have the life they serve and what they wanted because in our industry we feel that is the limiting belief that we could never be greater than we just a makeup artist or just a hairstylist um, and I'm really, really proud of where I've been because now I can now find, use my skills and my knowledge to coach these girls, um, these makeup artists, these beauty artists to do exactly what I've done because it's your dreams is so powerful. I wanted to get there. You can. And it's limitless. 
at what you can do if you really wanted to go there. Wow. Okay. Wow. Where do we start? Where, where do we unpick all that lot? Uh, fantastic. I mean, interesting. You said about the, the the action and the commitment and the focus. What was the thing though, Ling? I mean, with those kind of attributes, focus, determination, commitment, you can go down any path because they're common traits of success successful entrepreneurs aren't they so but what made you choose the one thing called makeup artist what had you got a background why that particular um um well i i've always been an artist in at heart at a young age um since i was i think i was about 14 when i discovered my artistry but i feel like I've always had that background, um, but I'm also from the Philippines, and um, it's funny because I always say this: is the culture. In order for you to be successful, you sometimes, like in society, you have to either be a doctor, um, a lawyer, an engineer, or some sort of an amazing profession. And I was never really interested in that. I, I had no interest in that. And, um, but I've always stuck to my creativity um, and makeup. And I don't really know where the makeup came from. I just knew that I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the beauty. And it wasn't, it was actually more, at first, I thought it was like, I didn't, I didn't know what, what this makeup is. Like, I, I had no idea I was just going by, by, the, um, by the motion at that time. Um, but now that if I look back at it, it was actually more of a uh, um, skin deep. Like I obviously had quite a bit of insecurities when I was growing up. Who doesn't, right? Um, but now it's I've actually used that artistry to express myself as an individual because I always felt like I was an outsider. So makeup was my escape to um, express my individuality. Wow. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. So in terms of um, your marketing then, I mean, you know, from this this vision, this passion, this intuition, I think it's all of those things hearing you speak, Ling, but how did you then market yourself? I mean, I know you said you went to networking and what have you, but I mean, that's a kind of meteoric rise from, um, you know, from that kind of in a very competitive market, to use your words. Um, but you went from sort of ground level to, you know, international level in, in relatively no time at all. There must have been some phenomenal marketing that underpinned that. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty, it's funny because everyone asked me that. And so I was already known in um, in my local. I've already built that portfolio in my local area. So everyone already knew um, that my skills is up there but when I decided that I stopped playing small that I wanted to go from a local makeup artist to international I actually did not have any marketing background I didn't know what to do I did a lot of trial and error um, what I did is when I quit my nine-to-five job I knew that I had no minute to spare that I needed to go running get to work and I exactly I, I had no idea what that meant all I knew was I was just going to get some signs and I, I felt like I I would think about I would lay awake at night and 
thinking, how am I going to market myself? How am I going to go from local to international scale? And um, it was the scariest thing, but I felt like what pushed me there beside the actual marketing point of that um, is fear and desperation. So what I did was I looked at, I, I, I've kind of looked at other makeup artists in the area or the most influential makeup artists. And I've kind of almost looked at and mimic what they were doing. Um, but I couldn't really understand um, what that is. So I went in and thank God for Google. So I just started looking at things and who I can, who I can collaborate with. Um, I ended up being part of a community of hair and makeup artists. Um, they were doing a lot of portfolio building. And so I decided that in order for me to get out there is I needed to build a premium brand as well as premium portfolio if I wanted to get um, a premium clientele. So that's where my mind was going. Because I was like, in order for me to get to an international scale, I needed to Put myself out there so i collaborated with a bunch of artists bunch of photographers um the first collaboration i did was actually a um in new york and um i called this guy uh, uh, my mentor back then and um i went to, and and there was it was a portfolio building in new york so i joined um and it was a lot of money at this point at that time but i didn't I needed to start somewhere so I needed mm -hmm. to get my foot in the door somehow um, and I thought this was a huge opportunity um, so I ended up going to New York ended up meeting all these amazing wedding people in the industry and higher caliber photographer world-renowned photographer photographer you know um, wedding designers and I just made that network and connection with them so when I when that was done um, I came back to Canada um, with this whole new world in front of me and I didn't even realize that there is other world out there. So when I got back, I made a point of calling them and networking and letting them know that I am available if they need me. Um, next thing I know, I was um, I, I became um, the lead makeup artist for Versace Mansion and that's when my career took off um social media is huge for me as far as my marketing um i zone in into because i already had built few months into this after new york few months into it i built this premium brand and i i there is a lot of makeup artists it's very saturated industry but what i've done is i wanted to be come off like i wanted to be authentic i wanted to share my voice, inspire others, um, use my story to, to say that you can do this. Um, so it was very authentic and I was posting on social media. I was reaching out to people that it was so uncomfortable for me and that's not me at all. I would have never done that, um, but I did. Uh, if I wanted to get there, I needed to be uncomfortable. Um, and it was the most uncomfortable feeling, reaching out to people you don't know. Um, you know, putting yourself out there, um, showing your skills. And I grew, I grew from that. Um, when I, when I collaborated with people and then one job leads to another, next thing I know, when I did end up doing the Versace mansion, becoming the lead makeup artist for, for 
Versace mentioned, um, I had a client looking at me through social media, and this isn't about paid marketing. This is all about free marketing for me. I knew how to work social media. I studied social media. Uh, I knew there's so much into it that I was literally in the background. I was, I was overwhelmed and I was dying and I didn't think I was going to get there, but I pushed, I persevered and eventually I was seen. And in the saturated world, I made myself known. And from that, I had client reaching out to me, what, like I said, um, would fly me to Bali to be their makeup artist for their wedding day, which is such an amazing thing because that is actually where my passion um, at that point. Even now, I still do. Um, being part of a, a bride's day is an honor. Um, and then I would, and the next thing I know, I had clients who have their business that wanted me to do their makeup on their branding photo shoot. Now that's another level. Um, so I took those opportunity and I became an international makeup artist. And the more I did it and the more I put myself out there on social media, um, the more I got clients. Um, and, but then I needed to get a little bit farther than that. Now I need to stretch a little bit more. And I studied paid marketing. And when I knew how to work paid marketing and I knew how to generate traffic from both paid and free marketing, that's when my business exploded. Right. So, yeah, you've kind of confirmed what what I thought that obviously you've got this passion, which is massive because that will drive, you know, that will drive you along your journey. But you need a very good gearbox as well. And that metaphoric gearbox was your social media marketing, wasn't it? That makes great sense to me now, Lynn. Great sense. Um, yeah, okay. Interesting there that a few times, Ling, you mentioned that word fear. And I love to hear that word fear because it automatically conjures up this contrasting, polarized alternative of love. Mm-hmm. Is that... Am I oversimplifying that? Is that something that you share that in life we have a simple choice to embark upon a path of fear or love? Yeah. So, I mean, the fear thing was a huge thing for me. I mean, I feel like I've been on this train of fear since I, uh, I became a makeup artist and playing it small. And that's what kept me small. And I wrote this on my book where um and it's 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 true it's really that simple um your fear keeps you it 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 doesn't make you um it does it doesn't allow you to go after what you could be great at if you may so in my book i said in fear either you face everything and rise or you you forget everything and run that's what I kept going in my head when I would have this fear. You've got two choices, right? So you face everything and rise or you forget everything and run. Which one do you choose? And I've chosen facing everything and rising. Mm-hmm. That's really that simple. It's that simple because, I mean, I'm sure this is so cliche because it's really true where I'm at right now. And I used to think this is cliche as well because it's like, your greatness is on the other side of, of your fear. Um, 
because if I didn't squash that fear, I would have never grown and I would have not been able to share my knowledge and my skills to other people. And I'm super excited about this is because now it's not only that I found my passion as a makeup artist, I actually, my passion has led me to my purpose. And my purpose is to share my voice and inspire others. And, and you can, I mean, it's, it's insane for me to say this because I, I love the fact that I can inspire others just from that little thing. And now I get to share my wisdom and my knowledge to other artists so they can be, follow their dreams and their passion to be this amazing, great makeup artist. Um, and, and they can have a lifestyle that they desire through that. Yeah, I was listening to you there about um, finding your voice. You just just echoed um, Stephen Covey, the late, great Dr. Stephen Covey. And um, I think it was his eighth habit, Ling, when he said, find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. And I love that because, do you know, essentially that's what Speaking From Our Hearts as a podcast is about, inviting people on to speak the truth, whatever that may be, whether the world agrees with it as one or as a collective, well, that's their choice. You know, there's an old exactly. saying, isn't it? We talk about cliches and adages and all that stuff. But, you know, what the world thinks about me is none of my business. I don't really care. Because, you yeah. know, to quote, um, you know, the eminent, beautiful Shirley Bassey, when she when she um, sang that song from the 60s about this is my life and I don't give a damn for lost emotions. I've such a lot of love I want to give. Let me live. Let me live. And I like the reinforcement that you gave there, Ling, around the, the choice element because it is absolutely a choice. And But I think when we're paralysed in fear, you know, that can be so difficult for people to comprehend. So difficult. I think so too. I mean, I stayed there for 10 years in fear, right? And so, but I think what it is, is if you want to start somewhere and squash that fear, what I did, and this is personal, is when I decided that I was going to face everything and rise, um, I made a choice. And don't be wishy-washy about this. You make a choice and don't, don't, don't dwell on it too much. If this is something that you want to do, you make a choice right here and right then to commit. Commit that this is where where you want to go. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you don't commit, it's that whole commitment thing. Because if you don't commit, you're going to be wishy washy, and you, it's like you're gonna take um, you're gonna take forever, and you're gonna stay there. So just decide that you're going to be this person, or you're going to achieve something for yourself, whatever that is, just make a commitment and go for it. It's that simple. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, you know, one of the um, one of the things I continually propound, um, Ling, is, is, you know, going back to, yeah, again, the very first podcast about mastering life is as simple as a ABC and listening to you speak there just reminded me of that and people no Paul it's not that simple yeah it is it is that simple what actually is harder is to live with this doubt to live with this fear that's hard work it really is and when we strip that out but I mean I think to be fair like you said Ling you know it took you 10 years and and I would venture it took me <laughs> probably three four times longer than that so, you know, to be fair to the global 
um, you know, the global audience, so to speak. It's, you know, we are crippled by the realities of human nature. And I think that's where mentoring comes in, isn't it? To have somebody, you know, to guide you, to inspire you, to say, okay, look, you know, I understand, I feel your pain, I understand your limitations, but they're all figments of the mind. Don't let the mind bully and control you because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're programmed um, from our ancestors, right, to be conscious and not go, um, not stretch your limit because it's like when you're in fear, when you're you're coming from fear, you think you're in danger. Mm. <laughs> it's really that's what I felt. It's like I'm in fear. I have anxiety. I can't go there because I don't know. I, I don't know the unknown. And again, that's like double fear, right? You're fearful to get there, but then you once once you're there, you're also now have this fear of you don't know what's going to happen to you mm. on the other side of fear. So it's like it's really. I mean, I think we analyze it too much. I really do. I really think we just analyze it too much. And and from my experience, when you're in fear mode, sometimes that's almost like a sign that you need to jump. That That's almost a sign that you need to change something yeah. because you're so fearful of something. Obviously, when you're thinking about this and you keep thinking about it over and over again, that's really where you need to go. And you just, what you just need to do is you just have to be aware without fear and keep asking it, why am I fearful? And then what happened when I get there? What's the worst that could happen? And just keep asking, so what, so what? And then what's going to happen? Until you get to a point where the worst thing that could happen. And then you can analyze that and say, actually, you know what? That isn't so bad. That's fine. I'm going to go. I'm just going to get there. And life is too short. Again, I'm, I'm saying life is too short because it really is. Life yeah. is too short. Do not do what you're passionate about um, because there's a lot of, and I always say this, it's like there's so many things in life that are mediocre. And in my experience, my career, my passion, it shouldn't be one of them. And of course, love, right? Like that, that shouldn't be one of them. And so I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. You've got nothing to lose. You've got one life. Make the best of it. Yeah. What would you say, Ling? Um a comment I hear at least semi-consistently. Oh, it's all right for you. You know a lot of people. You've got it sorted. You can use all these fancy words and talk like this. What would you say to people that's, that's kind of, I suppose, stuck in that? Um, and that's not a judgment because, as you say, you know, you spent 10 years there. I've spent decades there. It's a reality mm -hmm. of our lives. But what would you say, Link, to inspire people to, to kind of get beyond that, that, well, that limiting belief. Okay. Um, if you met me two years ago when I was in this nine-to-five job, um, I never had these fancy words. You know, I, I, I didn't know outside of that bubble. So I wasn't self-developed, if you may say. Um, I didn't know, I didn't speak like this. I never really spoke like this. And what I did is I needed to start in myself. Um, and so I did a lot of self-development. Um, I, I studied other people that are successful. Um, I listened to them. So the mentors, you know, I, 
I looked up to them. I watched their videos. I, I, I studied what they're doing, what their habits are. So really, I mean, I never, I never found this voice. I didn't have this voice two years ago or less than two years ago. I just found it um, probably a year into it. Um, and I started doing a lot of, you know, discovering and self-awareness and being conscious exactly what I want and letting the universe and whatever that is, that could be your God, it could be your universe, that could be your higher self. I just believe that it's taking me to where I needed to go. Um, and really, it's just a lot of self-development and, and it's actually more of self-development more than the business side of it for me. And then once I was aware of that, the business side, um, that's really what, what, what I would, I would say is work on yourself, um, figure out who you want to be, figure out what your passion is, figure out what that purpose that you want to share to the world, um, and go from there and take it day by day. You don't need to go 20 step ahead. I took it day by day. Um, I uh, really chalk, uh, or sorry, I, I really just took little things every day and say, what what do I want to focus on today? And what do I want to accomplish to get to where I want to be the best version for myself? Yeah, it's, it's a great line in the sand, isn't it? And and I think it's having the patience and, and the F word that we've used a few times, Ling, that faith to know that, okay, listen, I'm starting here. Do I have all the answers? No, but I'm going on a voyage of discovery. Where will that take me? I don't know, but I know it has to be better than this. And I think once you start out on that almost crude, um, you know, basic way of thinking, it just progresses. But I, I love what you said, particularly around that, that faith and that, you know, that connection to the higher source, because that is, I believe, um, from having spoken to, you know, countless people around the journey, that energy, what is that source? What is that something that defines them from leading an extraordinary life to just leading an ordinary life? And it is without doubt that that source, whatever that may be. And I think personally, um, and, and this is kind of, and I love it when I, I, I love that reflection and hearing myself, and this is kind of the epitome of source, really, saying, I, I, I. So, oh, is it you then, Paul? Is it your ego? Because all I'm hearing is I think, I believe. But I think when you've got that awareness and that, or consciousness, call it what you will, to understand that higher self, I like it, I love that sort of phrase when you use that thing, to understand that actually, that it is actually that, I'm plugging into a source, and that's very personal, that's very intimate to every every single one of us, whatever that may be, then we are energised beyond description, and it's something that we cannot achieve on an ego level, and that's why I brought the ego in, because... I think when we operate from a, a determined human perspective, it'll get us so far. It'll get us so far. But I use the analogy of um, a mobile phone. If you just use its own battery, that's fine. It'll last for a while. But sooner or later, that battery is going to go flat. You need to plug that mobile phone into an external source for new energy. Then you can go again. And I think that's a great way... Um, 
Ling of describing, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're talking about with your your faith and your source, whatever that may be. Exactly. It's exactly that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm Catholic, um, so that could be a God. I mean, I do still, you know, believe in, in something like that. Um, but I call it my universe and my higher self because when you – when you develop yourself and you just be silent and be quiet, um, it's not about you anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you're actually more aware and more conscious what happens around you. Um, so then that's not like a driven ego anymore, right? It's, it's, it's all about what it, it's, it's actually you, I, I can't explain it, but I definitely became totally different two years ago, I'm not the same person. Yeah. I'm definitely more aware, more conscious, um, care about everything uh, a lot more. Um, I'm manifesting different people in my life that is serving me and I'm serving them. Um, and there's this energy. It's a totally different energy from two years ago. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. It's just when you, when you connect to that source, um, it's that energy that you feel and you, and, and you just attract, attract those people, attract everything good that you want in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If I was to say to you, Ling, if there was one lesson, I mean, obviously in the last sort of two years, you've, you've been on this amazing exponential um, journey, climb, call it what you will. But if I was to say, you know, whether it's the last two years or your life in general, you know, tell us about Ling with the vulnerability and the and the real deep fears as as a little girl, as a young woman, whatever that may be, and embrace all that Ling and, and, and sort of for the benefit of, you know, the conveying that message, because obviously from a business point of view, what you've achieved is is, you know, very, very, very respectable. And that's that's being sort of a. I suppose conservative, but behind that is a human being with fears, with vulnerabilities. There was a guy called Peter Sarston, I think it was 1967, 68, and he made a one-hit wonder called Where Do You Go To My Lovely When You're Alone In Your Bed? And what he meant by that was, you know, you can be out there with the front and all the, you know, the high, high-flying blitz and glamour, but where do you go to, my lovely? Because when you're in your bed, there's only you and four walls and darkness. And one of the lines was, I remember as, as two children, I remember the back streets of Naples, two children begging in rags. So both touched with a burning ambition to shake off our lonely bow tags. And what I like to do um, is find out the real person behind this glamorous glitzy facade and I can only imagine in the world of professional makeup what that is like I mean that's not my world I don't profess to understand it Ling I, I can only let my imagination run wild on that and think what that might I've worked in professional football that was that was an eye-opener <laughs> um, so yeah tell us about that sort of the little girl called Ling the, the fearful little girl whatever she may be absolutely um well, I actually never wanted to put myself out there because I was a lot, 
I was concerned about, I've always been concerned about what people is going to think of me, what people is going to say to me. Um, that whole insecurity as as a person, um, you know, and what if people doesn't doesn't like what I put out there? Why this? I had all of this like self-doubt and insecurities and I've always operated that way. Mm. Um it's it's crazy to think that right now um because that's also kept me small and that also didn't want to put myself out there because i was just way too concerned about what people's gonna say um who am i um that will uh, i'm not good enough okay so mm -hmm. that's where i was coming from i'm not good enough who am i to be to put myself out there who am i to be this amazing international makeup artist who am i to write a book like even now i still have those little things in my head but uh, growing up this little girl um i've had a lot of physical insecurities um and you know self-doubt a limiting belief myself i never really saw myself as this this good enough person um and and again, that's that's fear, right? Yes. Like I, I, I'm operating from that, and that is all ego based um, to me. And that was, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old now. So imagine living your life every single day and worrying about what people think of you, um, or if you're not good enough, or you you. Who, how dare you to become what you want to become because you're nobody, you know? So that's who I was. Um, I would I would hide and I would not put myself out there. And I would look at my, as a makeup artist, even though I've been a makeup artist for 10 years, uh, I still think, not, not now, but then, um, I, I thought that, okay, I, I don't want to put this out because it's not good enough. It's... Uh, People are going to say I, I'm a shitty makeup artist or my skills is not up to par from others, you know? And so I've always dealt with that self-doubt. Um, it's that little maddening voice inside your head that I fight. I, 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 that, that's like, that's your enemy, right? You're your own worst critics. And then when I became and I started, you know, my skills are getting better and better and people really wanted to... to um, work with me and even though you see that evidence even then as a makeup artist I still had this fear of like being um imposter syndrome mm -hmm. I have that and everyone has that at one point um and I still do a little bit sometimes because I was programmed that I will never be someone I mean, that's my own, that, that's my own, that's my own thing. That's my own insecurity. I'll never be, be someone, I could never impact people. Um, who am I to go, go for what I want? I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was coming from as a little girl. And I've carried that through my life. Um, just now I'm, I'm just more aware and conscious. And, and when now what I realized is the whole who am I, me, 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 imposter syndrome, that's ego-driven because you're just talking about yourself and it's all about you. But when you come from um, a, 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 a mindset of, no, I'm going to be this person because I can, I, can, I can share my knowledge and my skills, it no longer become about you. 
it's now become about other people that you are meant to serve. Brilliant. Thank you for that share, Link. Thank you. Really appreciate that. It's very, uh, very sensitive insight. Okay, so if it was to say to you by way of, um, I mean, we're coming to, um, to towards closing now, but if I was to say to you if there was one message, one message above everything or anything that you would leave or you'd pass on to the world now, what would that one powerful message be? Don't be afraid to go after your dreams because you can create your own reality. The world is abundance and you are meant to be who you are. Step into your greatness, step into your power so you can influence others to do the same. Wow, thank you. At the top of this um, conversation, Ling, I also ask you a question. I'd like to ask you that question again, not because it was a wrong answer, because there is no right or wrong answer. But I'd just like to put it back to you because I found that your answer was, it was powerful in its simplicity. And I'd like to put that back to you to see if there's any difference. And as I say, there is no judgment on that, whether it was right or wrong or indifferent. But the question is this. What does speaking from your heart mean to you? Yeah, so right now speaking from the heart means to me is finding your voice, finding your passion, and then getting that passion and then letting your passion find your purpose. And so you can help others find their voice as well. Superb, superb. Dr. Stephen Covey's Eighth Habit, essentially. Wow. How can people reach out to you, Ling, if they want to know more about you, more about your, particularly your makeup? I know you've got a wed wedding business as well, haven't you? Yeah, I do. So I've got two things right now. So right now I am still an international makeup artist, but I'm, I'm because uh, my purpose is to help other makeup artists create um, their dreams and go after what they want. I'm only going to be limiting myself to do luxury weddings, maybe about three weddings a year. So they can find me on Facebook, Ling Agaran. I also have a website called lingbiesa.com. Um, that's the makeup business. Um, as far as if makeup artists, beauty artists, hairstylists that want to reach out to me and just have a quick little chat, if something that I can help you with or if I can you in your journey to becoming your greatest self um, they can reach me on my Facebook same thing Ling Agaran I also have a program called Beauty Artist Wealth Generator um, that I've put out there to help other makeup artists and hairstylists to do the same excellent excellent so okay well all that remains now um ling is for me to ask you is there anything else you'd want to add at this as we start to come towards a close now anything at all that you want to say i just i just think that um keep going after your dream um i think that's a huge thing for me is not being afraid to become the best version of you brilliant and I think all that remains now, listeners, is to is to sign off. And I think this um, this perfectly summarizes uh, what Ling spoke about in her journey. And it's this: remember, whatever you do in life, always walk your path with heart. That's right. Hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success.